Coming to you from the southwestern corner of Manitoba, sharing fresh perspectives from real educators. Tune in as teachers relate their stories of professional learning, classroom practice, and the challenges they've overcome to teach like a boss. Welcome to Teach Like a Boss, the professional learning podcast for teachers by teachers. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It's great to have you listening along with us. If you enjoy this episode, please like and rate us on your podcast app and share our podcast on social media. I'm Mark Cowan, a VCI principal and one of the co-chairs of the Fort LaBosse PD Committee. Today we're talking with Tyler Mitchell, Regan Brereton-Waller, Keely Woods, and Deb Peters about how things are going for them as, as educators during this pandemic and our current suspension of in-class learning due to COVID-19. We, of course, are uh, doing our part as we tackle today's conversation. Uh, we're doing this via Zoom, so this is the first time for this happening for me. Uh, so hopefully it translates properly into uh, the audio world when you're listening to it on your podcast. Uh, before we dive into our conversation today, uh, I probably would just like the opportunity to uh, introduce you to our guests and let them give a little introduction into who they are. So uh, I guess I'm just looking for you folks to tell us a little bit about yourself. How about we start with uh, Deb? Deb, you go first. Give us a little insight into who you are, your role, those type of things in Fort Lauderdale, where you've come from, what you like to do when you're not teaching, those type of things. Go for it, Deb. Um, hi, I'm Deb, Deb Peters. I'm the guidance counselor at VCI. And what that means is I'm kind of the mom and I run around and nag kids and they can't shake me off because I call them at home and I text them and I just keep nagging because <laughs> apparently that's what I do best. Um, I've been at VCI in this role for 10 years. Um, I realize I'm the oldest one, I think, of all these guests, which like a few years ago, that wasn't the case. So I don't know where those years went. But yeah, what I like to do when we're not at school, um, especially in the summer, is garden. I mean, not vegetables, flowers. I leave vegetables to my husband. Um, hanging out with family and friends. And uh, yeah, these last months have been long. And it will be good to get to summer holidays for us and for students and for parents. Right on. Thanks, Deb. Keely Woods, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, I'm Keely Woods. I teach grade six at the junior high and I do a bit of guidance. I teach drama, French, math, ELA. Um, I like to do a lot of a variety of things. I really enjoy golfing with my family, uh, building stuff at home. We're forever renovating. It's never ending. <laughs> um, painting, playing guitar. I like to sing. I like to uh, make up random dance moves. And I am a mom of two young boys, uh, Jules, who's two, and Louis, who is four. So I also am blessed with going back to playing a lot of make-believe and uh, a lot of imaginative play. So it's definitely in my wheelhouse. I really enjoy it. Um, it's definitely been trying, but I'm also trying to be a bit of an opportunist and take advantage of the extra time I've been blessed with having my two boys at home as opposed to being in daycare. So that has been a huge blessing in all of this madness. So that's me. Right on. Welcome. Tyler Mitchell, 
Your turn, buddy. Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Uh, Tyler Mitchell, uh, born and raised and still live in Elkhorn, Manitoba. Uh, I'm a teacher at COLA. Uh, I've got a, a combined grade five to eight classes where I mainly teach, but I've got the one to fours as well for gym. Um, in my spare time, uh, I just like dominating Mark Cowan in playoff NHL pools, back to back champion, defending back to back champion of the Fort LaBosse Teachers Association. So that's what I like to do. Thanks for reminding me of that, Tyler. Appreciate that. Well done. Uh, Regan Brereton Waller, introduce yourself, young lady. Hi there, podcast world. Um, I'm a teacher at Vernon Junior High. I teach grade five. I teach all the cores and some French. So some of my hobbies include learning a lot of French, gardening, um, playing basketball, and building stuff. Excellent. (laughs) Welcome to all of you. Appreciate you making the time. Uh, COVID-19. Here we are. Uh, Education world looks a little bit different for us during these uh, suspension of in-class learning. So I guess I'm asking from you just what, what, what does your typical day look like uh, during this suspension of regular in-class learning? Who's going to start for me? Mrs. Peters? Well, I think first of all, and this would be, I think, across the board for kids and anyone else who's working in different circumstances, like we're not as efficient. Like there's no way on earth I can say that I've been as efficient and I'm easily distracted. <laughs> so when I come and I've got a list of kids that I'm supposed to connect with, um, it takes a whole lot more time just to get focused and actually get that done. Cause everybody who you talk with on the phone or you meet with somewhere wants to have a much longer conversation because it's been a lot. Yep. Um, and everybody is processing it and it is very much a journey in First of all, not liking it and then accepting it and then dealing with consequences. So my days have been a lot of on the phone and emailing, um, pleading with kids, trying to convince them that doing schoolwork is important still, um, as well as listening to parents because parents are struggling with this too, right? So yeah, I've done a lot of phoning and a lot of emailing and in between there, I'm supposed to get some office work done. And everyone that I meet who's not in the school system thinks that I should just have oodles of spare time and I must be sitting and bored out of my mind, which is not the case. So it's kind of like when you're a mom and your toddler tells their friends that it's okay. My mom likes to wash the floor. People really don't have a good idea of how much more work it is during all of this. There's just been a lot more. Never mind the mental stress of it all. Yep. Right on. Keely? Uh, yeah, I can definitely relate to what Deb was saying as well. I said, I think initially um, when we had first give, was given the news, it was sort of like some of us maybe thought, oh, a couple weeks leading up, kind of cool, right? Um, and then once the reality kind of sunk in, it was a lot more daunting for myself. Uh, again, initially it was realistically, I had to really find a place for me to do my work the best that I could do. And uh, that probably took me at least three weeks. So initially, like I was working on the living room, I realized that was not going to work, because I have two kids at home. And with us being laid off as well, it was unfair to them. So I then we renovated a room in my basement for that reason and sort of deemed that the home office. 
after I'd done that, I felt a bit better because it sort of gave me that time and space away. And so when I knew that I locked myself into this office, I knew that I had to get work done. So back to what Deb had said, it's hard to be as efficient. So I found finding a space to do the work definitely helped. And so in this process, some of the things that I'm doing myself, I'm also reiterating back to my students because if I was having a difficult time with those first few weeks, I can only imagine what they were feeling. So that was one of my first uh, tips to my class was, do you have a space where you're doing your work? And what time of day are you doing your schoolwork? Because for myself, again, I like to do it in the morning. And then you kind of have that opportunity to sort of pick away with things in the afternoon. Whereas other kids, when I was having that conversation with them, they were finding they worked better after lunch or they maybe worked in spurts, right? But I think it was, I think it's incredibly important for them to also realize um, where they were to be work, doing their schoolwork and what worked best for them. So a lot of what was happening to me, I tried to also sort of communicate out to my class as well, because I thought, man, if I'm dealing with this, yeah. I can only imagine how they're feeling through all of this. And then again, now that I've kind of solidified a plan, and again, it, took, it was a process, believe me. Uh, now my week sort of looks like Mondays, I work with the students all together. We have a class meeting. Uh, Tuesday and Friday, I kind of reserve for my prep and planning for the weeks ahead. And then Wednesday and Thursdays, I would always do video chats by request. And that's has seemed to work fairly well. Again, I don't know what I would be doing if Dust was not at home, though, helping with the kids. It would be an absolute nightmare, probably, right. in all fairness, truthfully. So, yeah, took a lot of adjusting. But again, I really tried to communicate that with my students as well, because I was feeling it. I can only assume that they were feeling the same thing. So it's been comforting kind of sharing those struggles with my students as well. I don't know hopefully bonded over this experience as well good yeah. for you good for you right on tyler yeah my typical kind of work week uh i've been trying to get to the school basically every second day again i'm with keely if you're trying to do school work or make videos or something with kids around uh they're loud and you can only <laughs> lock them outside for so long so um <laughs> Yeah, I have to be at the school. Um, what I've been doing is, is trying to make little videos or little some things for each one of my classes each day. Just kind of a little, uh, uh, I don't know, instructional thing to get them kick-started and then they can go. Um, so I try to get those out of the way probably earlier in the week so I have my whole week prepared. Um, I'm using an app where um, I can give some instant feedback whenever they're sending some stuff in, I can do it. So. Uh, a lot of my day is sitting by my phone or my computer just waiting and having those things. So as soon as they have a question or something, um, I can uh, give them tips or, or like what they're doing or, or, or give, them, give them that feedback right away. Um, yeah, I've made myself available uh, at any time for my kids to call or Zoom or whatever. Um, so I, I've got some kids that like to do it in the morning, some in the afternoon, some at night. Um, so just whenever they're ready to go, I... Just kind of shut down, get my computer ready, and do it. Um, yeah, that's what my typical day. Tuesdays and Thursdays, I like to stay at home, uh, helping the kids with their stuff, and uh, just kind of watching what flows into my app and, and and helping them out that way. Good stuff, Regan. 
Well, the last couple of weeks, I feel like I have officially become a Google wizard. So I had no idea I would ever know that much about Google Classroom as I do now, which has been a cool learning opportunity for me. Um, and I've enjoyed seeing like the kids progress on it. A lot of my students wanted paper copies. So I've been making like a digital version of everything paper I've done. So that's been um, a cool creative outlet for me because I enjoy that kind of um, work and those um, jobs. A lot of my days are doing like classroom meets, like we've had some spirit weeks trying to create like a classroom atmosphere in their homes and still have that community feel. So I have like maybe a, a little too many meetings for some of my families, but for the ones that really enjoy connecting and joining on, it's nice for them. And for myself, it's important to have those connections because that is definitely why I do this job. I, I don't do it to correct math tests. I do it to build connections and hopefully inspire um, kids to be better humans later on. So I have enjoyed that. And hopefully you guys will be seeing, we're having a little kindness, pay it forward challenge next week. So hopefully we'll be spreading your way. Right on. Good stuff. Thank you. Uh, just from my chair, I think that's a pretty good uh, variety or range of, of what we're seeing. Certainly in this building, uh, we have teachers that come to work every day. Uh, they, they want to be here because it's the best place for them to get stuff done. Like you were talking about, Keely, where I as a, have had others that I never, I don't get to see. The only time I get to see them is we have a Zoom meeting online because they're at home with their families trying to keep that uh, working and going in a positive direction. So, Thank you. I appreciate that feedback. Um, let's talk about the the delivery, right? Obviously, you don't have kids sitting in front of you. Uh, you have to find a way to go and connect to them, which some of you have talked about already. But just wanted you to share a little bit. What, what's, uh, what's the platform? What's the media that you're using to, to work with and connect with your kids? Deb? Well, I'm not delivering content. I'm just connecting. So I don't have to manage through Google Classroom, though we are using it to collect grad information because that's a good way to get information out and get them to answer back. Um, uh, the, every single way you possibly can communicate is the way I've communicated. So some it's been good old-fashioned phone, some it's texting, some it's Snapchat, some it's email, some it's Facebook, like absolutely any way that you can kind of connect with a kid or a parent. Um, they will connect back if it's easy, but if it's a hard one that they're not used to, and I'm always amazed how many kids say to me, I've never sent an email before. Um, they won't just email you then. So you have to have multiple ways. Um, my phone, <laughs> I don't know how many people I've given my phone number to, and that's fine. No one's ever abused it. So that's good. But yeah, connecting is complicated. Um, and sometimes I've used my own personal cell phone because I know when I phone from the school, VCI shows up on the call display and they'll avoid it. <laughs> um, but that hasn't always been 100%. There are still some kids, like they are so good at being elusive. Like that should be something in their career goal because some of them, it's a challenge. <laughs> so yeah, it's complicated to connect. Right on. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, that just on Deb's front, I, I know that she's had face-to-face -face conversations with kids as well, and, and I think that that's probably been 
that also being one of those avenues in our building that's been available is kids just coming to school. Uh, we've had some that have used some of our spaces to get some work done. Uh, but just that coming in, picking up that hard copy, some of them still rely on that to happen. So for sure. Keely, how about yourself? Um, I, this, this transition for me made sense to do the Google Meets just because all of my students had their G Drive account. So I just uh, kind of kept an open link. And then when we meet on Mondays, I do my little spiel. And then I always refer to it as the after party. <laughs> so then afterwards, I let them just have their own little after party. And I am like, peace out. You guys can chit chat amongst each other. And it's phenomenal afterwards i kind of sneak on maybe an hour later just sort of in the lurking in the darkness <laughs> just to see who's still there and so, sometimes there's still good like 10 students just sort of chit-chatting away so again like you were saying a lot of the times too it's just we're missing that conversation or we're just sort of missing that opportunity to check in with one another so i had just kept that link open and available for them so they'll use it throughout the week too to sort of contact some of their peers because some of them surprisingly when I've been talking to a few uh, farm kids in particular, some haven't even left the farm, so they haven't seen any of their classmates. So this has been a wonderful opportunity. And then I use a Remind uh, daily. And I also made a Facebook page uh, to sort of generate some interest. I know a lot of parents go on Facebook. That's kind of become the Facebook is more for adults, not so cool for kids. So I used Facebook as well as a platform and I generated sort of like a challenge amongst my students this month to demonstrate probability. It was a bunch of just sort of wacky things um, and they just had to take pictures and document it. So one was like make supper for your family and write down the recipe, um, watch a how-to tutorial on YouTube and follow the instructions and show us the final product. I had created an obstacle course in your backyard, just a variety of activities. And initially I was like, eh, I don't know how this is going to take off, but it has been phenomenal. The participation. Uh, I also kind of alluded to the fact that there'd be a prize at the end. <laughs> I am also very competitive. So I kind of wanted to generate that competitiveness spirit in my classroom. So that has definitely engaged them. And again, it's a tricky sort of way of making them learn because some of them have never uh, followed a recipe and I'm like perfect that's fractions and so on so that's been a pleasant su surprise for myself because it has generated a lot of interest and a lot of conversation amongst parents and students because I think the parents are also getting involved and in picking certain challenges to do so yeah I kind of have a few different avenues so I am very accessible like Tyler had said and I also try to make myself accessible throughout the day if parents or students have questions about the material that had went out that week, I'll usually fairly quickly respond to them. So yeah, it's been pretty good that way. Good stuff, good stuff. Tyler? Um, I chose to go with the Seesaw app. Uh, just kind of before, before this all happened, we were kind of looking at all the avenues we could do. Uh, I like it, it's, it's got everything right on there that you need. Uh, you can create a video, picture, whatever and you can give instant feedback right on it. It's all kind of collected all together. Um, it's been working pretty good. It's pretty user-friendly. Um, uh, we also do Zoom meetings. I've been doing Zoom meetings with my kids every second Friday. Uh, I don't do any teaching over it uh, or anything like that. It's just kind of get together, see how they're feeling about what happened during this last two weeks and, and what they're struggling with and what they can do. Um, 
a lot of a lot of talk back and forth with the parents too. Uh, a lot of times the kids can't give you the straight answer or won't give you the straight answer of what's happening. So uh, I found that pretty useful. Our parents are really, really good here. So uh, they're good at getting back to you and, and telling you what they need or what they like or what they don't like. So um, right on. that's what we're using. Good stuff. Regan? Uh, mine's really similar to Keeley's Google a lot um, for teaching infusion. I use a lot of brain pop videos and YouTube videos like Number Rock just to try and make it a little bit more engaging and not just here's your work booklet, please finish that because that is not education. And I don't want parents to think that is education. There's so much more to our learning process and what we can do. So trying to give that opportunity to students and um, some maybe like projects, so videos that can inspire them to do things like that. So a lot of video infusion um, podcasts is something I just introduced to them this week. Hey, so right on. I'm, Good I'm really hoping that will catch on and we'll have a new generation of podcast listeners. Good. And yeah, that's just about it. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm teaching my grade nine math class as well, right? So I use Google Classroom uh, daily. That's I send out my little message and I use it as my monitor of, of assignments and, and work in and out. Um, we do Zoom. I like your idea, Keely, because uh, when I have all of my grade nine kids together, there are some that have no real interest in what I'm talking about. They want the social aspect because they get to see their peers. And they're, some of them are better with the technology than I am, so they're putting up pictures and adding little writings onto my Zoom meetings all over the place. But um, for the most part, they've been pretty good at connecting, and that Google Classroom certainly has been a, a friendly tool for us to use, for sure. So, um, okay, let, let's let's uh, switch gears a little bit. Um, what are some of the challenges uh, that were that you are facing, uh, whether it's with your students, with your parents, uh, whatever the case may be, in uh, dealing with this current format and of course, when you have challenges, we always need to have solutions. So if you've pro brought some problem solving into some of those challenges, love you to share those as well. Deb? Um, I would say one challenge I see is <laughs> there's a bit of a tension between home and school. For those of us that are teachers and are in school, education is, our, is one of our top priorities. That's why we're educators. Um, we're being told they have to keep learning. We just want kids to keep going, 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 get it all done. We're here for you. Reach out. Then I hear from parents' point of view, and I do see it because I'm a parent, There's for some of them, education is not their top priority. And there's other things in their lives, whether it's being worried about someone being ill or farming or oil has bombed. Um, they just want the teachers to back off a bit. And so there's that little bit of tension and for me to try to listen to both sides and feel like both sides are being heard, but then also give encouragement that actually is meaningful and not just empty words. It, it's tough, right? Yep. Um, and as teachers, I know why some of us have gone down that path of, of really getting into it. All our professional training and experience tells us that if we let these kids get behind, that is gonna hurt them in the future. But this is an unusual situation and mental health is also a, a factor in all of this. And so that whole battle, I don't think we as teachers have got that balance right. Never mind passing that on to our own children and our students and their parents. 
and everybody has so many needs and everybody reacts differently. So just trying to listen and encourage without overstressing, knowing that teachers are doing their very best and I don't wanna also condemn them for all the work that they're doing because they're working really hard. Um, but yeah, that tension, and I've had a lot of parents say to me, like, we just need to be done. It's just too much because I'm also working. And I, me, myself, I have forgotten that in the picture of it, that a lot of parents are trying to work from home and then they're also responsible for their kids learning. And that is a big burden. So, and I don't really experience that as a parent like some, because my kids, I call them self-cleaning. They are grades nine and 11 and they don't need me to necessarily steer them. Um, they're also perfectionists. I keep saying like aim for a 60 and nobody is taking me up on that one. But they too, they can keep themselves going, but they are struggling. So now I'm starting to step in and just trying to keep checking in and encouraging, but it's a big load. So I would say that's one of the biggest struggles that I hear and I hear it from all sides and everything is valid. You got it, for sure. Keely? Uh, yeah, I agree with Deb for sure. I think the biggest challenge for me was also how irritating should I be to those particular parents that are I'm not hearing anything from, right? Like a daily reminder, am I to remind them weekly? in my turn every other week. So I really struggled with how annoying I should be on my end as far as just sort of that constant reminder, like, hey, just checking in, see how everything's going. I'm trying to be fairly honest and forthright about my experience, hoping that, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed or if you're feeling like I'm sending out too much, let me know because I can help you sort of prioritize what should get done and what maybe can wait, right? So I have offered that several times and then, Sometimes I'm just sort of hearing crickets on the other end. So that has been a huge challenge for me is how much of a nuisance, I guess, can I be? Um, because, yeah, I'm still working full time and I, your child is still part of my classroom as far as I'm concerned. So I still want them to feel that too, that I am concerned of you falling behind and I would like to help you. I am here. I'm available. So... I've often sort of had that internal conversation with myself. It is 2020. I've made myself very accessible. So at some point I have to kind of say, hey, if they don't want to hear from me, I just kind of have to let it be because I am very accessible. I've made myself very accessible. I've told them how to access me. So uh, that has been the biggest challenge because leading up now to June, it's sort of like, okay, so that sort of opens the door to, okay, let's really get into that and remind those particular students, hey, this is the time. It's crunch time, right? That's been the biggest challenge. And then again, something that's sort of always disheartening when I do sort of check in with my students is a lot of them are feeling sort of that boredom. I refer to it as sort of like those dark days. Don't like uh, not slipping into that boredom because again, this is for as much as it's been sort of a trying uh, experience. It's also been something that hopefully we won't have to experience again. And you have to sort of have a different perspective on it, right? Uh, when when will you ever have another opportunity to, to sort of decide when you can write the test at what time of day? And I mean, in some cases, what supports are available for you to write that test, right? I say that to students every time, right? See some 
there are some silver lining and I also try to encourage them to sort of not get into that headspace of boredom because there is so many things that we could still be doing. There's so many free resources that have come out of this that are accessible for all of us that we should be taking advantage of. So that's also a lot of what I'm hearing is just they're bored or, and I wish I often refer to as like, eh, it's unsettling. Yeah. Yep. Right on. Definitely challenge. Tyler. Yeah, this is going to sound redundant, but I uh, kind of the same idea as you guys just said. Um, so uh, the biggest thing for me was just that time, how much time I expected my kids to work on stuff. And so I sent my first package home. I felt really good about it. And uh, I was getting great stuff back from the kids. And then I sent out a little questionnaire to my parents about how were things going. And one of the questions I asked was, how much time are your kids spending on work? And I was shocked. They were kids spending five, six, seven hours a day on work that I thought was going to be two hours, right? That was our goal, two hours a day for my age group. That's what we were looking for. So I couldn't believe it. So go back to the drawing board, listen to them, slashed it in half for the next time. And second package went out, same thing. And we were got down to about three or four hours. So I slashed it again. And I'm getting good responses this time around that, that we're uh, – kind of getting into the groove that's more manageable for the parents. They're still getting a little bit uh, uh, overwhelmed a little bit because it's been oh, six weeks now, so uh, almost two months. Um, but I, I, I guess the biggest change or the biggest problem I had was maybe myself just kind of getting into the mindset. Maybe it's an unpopular opinion, um, but it just doesn't matter that much to get everything done. Um, it, it sounds terrible as a teacher to say it doesn't matter that you're going to miss out on a unit of social studies or you're going to miss some things in math or, or whatever. Um, but it, you have to, in, in these times, you have to just let it go. Um, or um, I did myself anyways, um, less stress for me and my kids and the parents. Um, I kind of, I kind of, uh, uh, think about it as a, a plant in your garden, a tomato plant, right? A tomato plant, sure, it needs gallons and gallons of water over the growing season, right? But if you're trying to cram all of that water it needs into uh, a two-week or a three-week period, what are you doing to that plant, right? It's not going to grow at all. It's going to die out, and it's not getting what it needs, right? So it, it, it's impossible to get everything that the kid needs into what we're trying to do our situation right now. I don't think it's possible to, to, to do it. So I just had, I had to tell myself... Let go, get done what you can, right? Listen to the parents and what they're doing. Um, and, and in the long run, if you think about it mathematically, uh, kids are in school for 130 months um, for their career, their schooling career, right? These three months represent 2% of that. So in the long run, it's, it's, not, it, it's a drop in the water of their entire school career. And uh, I understand where, where teachers are coming from when, they, when they're giving uh, a lots of work. And uh, I don't know if you guys are like me, um, but I assume that most teachers hear from their non-teacher friends, they, they, those parents vent to you about their teachers and their lives. And uh, you just kind of nod your head, yeah, yeah, it's tough. We're trying to get through it. Just get the kids to do whatever they can. But the overwhelming thing is that the teachers are just expecting way too much, like you guys said. And uh, and I understand where, where, where teachers might be 
okay, uh, I know that this kid needs to know this so that when I pass them on to the next teacher, they're where they're at need to be at. I think a lot of teachers are worried that um, when we pass them on to that grade nine teacher, that grade five teacher, that they're going to look at us and say, oh, this kid knows nothing. That teacher didn't do what they were supposed to do. So to compensate, teachers are giving lots right now. Get them caught up, get them caught up. But um and maybe it's easy for me to say, cause I've got my kids, my kids are all coming back to me, right? Uh, I've got a grade five to eight class. So almost all of them are coming back to me next year. So I know where the gaps are going to be. And I know what I'm going to need to look at next year to get them built up, to get ready to go next year. Um, and I think we just kind of have to trust each other. If you're not in my situation, you just got to trust each other uh, as educators to, Hey, I'm passing them on to somebody who knows that they're going to be a little bit behind. They miss some stuff communicate with them and do trust that they're going to help build that kid up and not just kind of try and start them off where they think they need to start them off. Right. Cause it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Awesome. Good stuff. I got a staff meeting at 1130. You want to come make a guest presentation, Tyler? <laughs> I'd love you to repeat that. I'm going to play this back maybe for them at that staff <laughs> meeting. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. My wife never listens to me, so. Oh, that's uh, true. Good. Getting good, to listen to good, good point. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Regan. All right. I'll try to make mine really brief because I feel like you guys have really hit the head, uh, the nail on the hammerhead. I think I'm saying that all wrong because I'm trying to go fast. Story of my life. Um, finding a work-life balance. So I've been like checking my email at 11 p.m. and I'm like, why am I doing that? That's not healthy for me as a teacher and um if a student messages me and wants to connect and i'm supposed to do my paperwork for those couple hours no i'm gonna jump on that computer and meet with them so i'm having a hard time getting done everything i need to get done but honestly that's not a pandemic thing that's just a teacher thing so um yeah, I'm just amazed at what I'm seeing and how I'm seeing all the teachers respond to all these challenges around. Like, I've just seen so much positivity out there in the world that uh, the struggles are only proving that we are such great problem solvers. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we can instill that into some of our students and so that they can see these problems as ways to build re resiliency in the future. So hopefully what you guys all said we're growing from that fantastic let's keep that going then regan you're on a roll there let's go to the next one what about successes and positives that have come from this keep going uh -huh. regan all right so uh we did some rube goldberg machines so i saw this one student's dog came and ate a piece of it and then the pool ball ran and shot something else and then it was just this amazing project that we would never get to see at school. And some of these things that like is involving the family and the different projects, we're seeing um, results from students that I probably wouldn't get to see in the classroom. So that's been something really positive. Um, I've also got to meet all my students' pets, which I have really enjoyed. And kind of like getting to know their families more because you're literally inside their home when you're messaging them or being with their videos so learning their siblings and all that so that's been a cool experience for me right on tyler uh i'd say there's probably three big positives that stick out in my mind uh the one um just like you just said uh the families getting the families involved seeing them involved seeing them help their kids 
even getting my family involved. Uh, I've loved putting my kids in all of the the little videos that I'm sending out to help <laughs> to help teach. They love being a part of it, and those are the 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 biggest videos that I get the most feedback on is when they're doing their thing in front of the camera. So uh, it's been fun to kind of show that side of me to the kids, build those relationships, uh, kind of family to family. Um, the second thing I would say is um, for the kids that that do great work but take a long time. Um, I'm seeing some amazing stuff from a, a couple of kids in my in my room that just now have the time. They love doing the work. They don't care that it's taking them a little bit extra time. But if we were doing it in a classroom, they can't do it in an hour, okay. right? And then uh, homework gets lost or there's other activities. So these kids are just blossoming and they're creating some amazing stuff. But one kid said he took 10 hours. We had a, a hockey project to kind of create your own franchise. And he went on Minecraft and created his arena on it. Wow. It was unbelievable. Wow. Um, if you've ever seen somebody who's really good at Minecraft and what they can build, uh, it was un- unreal. So it was pretty cool. And he would have never been able to do that inside the regular classroom. Uh, the last thing for me would be math class. Um, having math, uh, it's the only subject in our school where we have multiple groups doing different things, uh, different actual subjects. So in social studies and science, they're all learning the same curriculum. In math, they're all learning their own. So we got four different groups inside my classroom during one hour. And it's been in the classroom. Sometimes I don't get to a group and I don't get to give them instructions. This is kind of, okay, here, you're learning about mean, median, mode. See what you can do. I'll come back to you after I'm done with the grade fives and sixes, right? This way, I've been able to do a little video of instruction for each group and can work on those kids one-on-one uh, at their leisure. Some get it, some don't, and, and I can kind of break myself up that way. So it's been a bit of a blessing in the math classroom anyway. How about you, Keely? Sex successes and positives that have come from this process. Um, positives have been uh, accountability. It has been nice. Again, I decided to do my video chats as request only. And surprisingly, I get a fairly good turnout every week. And because it's request only, I kind of, they have to decide whether or not it's necessary for them. But then also when we have our video chats, it's nice to see that they're prepared. They have maybe some questions that they put aside that they've been working on throughout the week. So I often refer to that as like, put that on, put that in the ask Miss Woods pile, as opposed to sort of generating more frustration for yourself or your parents, put that on that pile and I can help you because that is part of my job. So it's been nice that way they come prepared and they ask good questions. It's generated, yeah, some accountability. Also, it has um, made them, like Regan was saying, more resilient. They've obviously had to also adapt and change a lot of how they learn too. So, I mean, we've used Google Classroom quite a bit in, the, in my room, but this was definitely a big shove in that direction and they rose to the occasion. So again, surprising, but also sort of proves to me that as kids, they adapt way quicker sometimes than us adults do. Sure. And in saying that, I hope that there are some changes in the near future as far as how we run things in our classroom as well, because I often think to myself, what were some of the things that have gotten me through uh, this time period, as well as when I talk to my students, and they also to the same thing, right? Access to sort of these arts, these wonderful painting or music. So I 
probably in the near future, I'll probably change some of the things that I do in my classroom as well, because it was, this has been an eye-opening experience. It's challenged me in some ways too, and uh, challenged sort of how I teach, and hopefully I plan on doing a bit of changes as well. Good stuff. And I think that was, it was, that was due, right? Uh, Mrs. Peters and I are maybe from, you guys are a little younger, but right, just, it, it needed to change. It, so, you know, you, you hate to say that, but this is, I agree, Keely, a positive that's going to come from that for sure. Deb? Um, I would say a big shout out to teachers who went like crash course in technology that did not necessarily use a whole lot of technology before this, but wanted to and never had time. Yeah. And rather than just saying it's too much and throwing up their hands, I have seen a lot of them really dig in and work and then research more and become proficient and have said to me afterwards, this was good. Like it wasn't going to happen unless it was forced to happen. So kudos to them. I think our teachers have responded very professionally in that, in all ways, but especially when it comes to technology. I would say the other bonus I see is I love driving through town and seeing families doing things together. And someone at the post office said to me that I asked, she works at the golf course. I said, is golf course full? She's like, yeah, she says, it's great. They're coming as families. And we didn't have a lot of time for that before. We ran very busy lives. I think that's good. I hope we don't forget about that. In our household, we decided that if we were going to be home, we were going to look at it as an opportunity. We were trying to be um, optimists, but most of us are too pessimistic and realistic to pull that off totally. But what we did embrace is we were going to get better at some baking and cooking. And a couple of vehicles needed winter tires taken off. So my girls all learned how to take Holy off winter tires right and put them back on. And they did get to use some power tools, but they also did it with hand tools. Good. And the other day, my 14-year-old came outside. I was busy in the garden and said, can I bake buns? And she made buns from start to finish. I didn't bake them. I didn't check them. I didn't do anything. So there's been opportunity to learn some new stuff. And I and parents and families have embraced that. And we know that education does ju- not just doesn't just happen in our classrooms. It has to happen outside of the classroom too. So I think that's been a neat opportunity. Kids are learning some really neat stuff. So yeah, those would be the positives I've seen. Perfect. Probably just one for me is bringing some of that balance back. I'm probably not real great at the balance in my life, um, but there isn't too many days where I don't say it's four, four o'clock, four fifteen. I'm out of here, right? Which has helped because on my end, my wife in the healthcare profession, they're going cuckoo bananas crazy, right? The, in that world, working lots. So it's it's helped. I'm not sure my daughter is real excited about me being her teacher. So next year or the next four years to come, we'll see how that one plays out. But all good. Uh, how about any just worries or questions maybe moving forward from here? What are some worries or some questions that you might have about where we're going? Regan? Um, Worries for those families that we're not able to connect with as much and maybe you haven't seen much from them and just worrying that maybe they will struggle a little bit more next year. I know that they will be able to adapt and their resilience will show through, but I do worry for them. I, I think I'm a teacher and we just can't help it. Yep. That's probably my biggest one. Right on. Tyler? Um, yeah, I, I think my biggest worry uh, is just 
I know there's a couple kids in my classroom who are really struggling right now. And I hope this doesn't sour them on coming back or, or what it looks like when they do come back. I hope they come back uh, refreshed and, and, and being able to uh, just uh, adjust and get back to normalcy. That's the only thing I'm worried about. You bet. Keely? Yeah, I kind of agree with that as well, right? Like for some of our students, maybe they've experienced a lot of sort of unstructured days, maybe lacking routines. So getting back in the fall will be a really difficult adjustment for some of those students. And so that's definitely a concern and a worry for myself. But I also am one of those people that like to challenge things. And I, again, I am an opportunist. And I think um, given this sort of situation that has happened, I don't necessarily want to return back to quote unquote normal, I think, I don't know. I would love for us to sort of think of things a little differently, but that's just a pipe dream at this point. A beautiful <laughs> pipe dream, Keely. Yeah. And I don't know how, I don't know. I, I think there's some validity to that pipe dream because, yeah. Um, yeah, there's certainly been some people thinking in this, even in this province, right, about, what a, a high school setting, for example, is going to look like, where some mm-hmm. of the online stuff's going to stay online and kids are going to have more time to do the hands-on stuff. So that's going to be more of what their day is like, right? They're getting engaged in sure. a lot more of those arts mm-hmm. and hands-on stuff. And the, the stuff that yeah. can do online stays online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I often just sort of refer back to sort of what has gotten me through this difficult time, and I think that's sort of so imperative to still putting into our classroom as well, right? Like Deb had already alluded to that as well. There's a huge mental health component to this also that we need to consider when we go back in the fall too. Deb? I think one that I can see being a problem in in the upper grades, I don't know about the lower grades, is sleep schedule. (laughs) Like my kids, and I'm sending them to bed, but I'm sending them to bed at 11.30 and 12. And yes, they're sleeping till eight in the morning. But when I talk to students, like, well, I was up till four and I slept till one, like that. And we think of that, that's not a big deal. What does that have to do with education? That's huge with education, right? So how are we going to get them back on that sleep schedule? And then the other thing I worry, which you've all alluded to, is that cycle of I look at the work, I'm overwhelmed, so I avoid. Then when I finally have the courage to look at the work again, I'm even more overwhelmed, so I avoid again that we get so far into that spiral that it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of intervention on behalf of some of the support people in our, in our division to pull them out of that, because that's, those are hard to break. Even if we know the things that we're doing are destructive, they're still familiar. So change is still scary, right? Because familiar is better than the change. So yeah, I worry about that too. Probably number one worry for me is just people's wellness uh, I know I've had conversations with parents of kids that are to the point where they are really, really struggling, right? And maybe not real great at accessing help. Normally, we'd have that kid in our hallway. We'd see that that baseline behavior was off a little bit, and we would respond to that. Uh, if that's not necessarily happening in houses, um, then it can go undetected and can end up in not a good place. And I'll extend that to staff as well. I also get a chance to see staff on a regular basis and see how they're doing. So not having that daily contact also worries me as well. So I don't know long time frame what this looks like, but certainly there's already conversations about September, maybe similar, maybe not back to what we want to see uh, come September. So we'll see. 
Last but not least, um, just some final, any final words to your fellow Fort LaBosse uh, teachers or beyond Fort LaBosse, all of our podcast listeners that are outside of Fort LaBosse. Uh, any last words? Regan? Oh, I don't want to go first. <laughs> uh, just keep doing and and keep thriving on those changes and keep enjoying them. Remember that normal doesn't have to go back to normal. So um, let's do it now. Why not? This is our opportunity. Right on. Good stuff. Tyler? Um, it looks like we're going to get the NHL season back for playoffs. So if any of the guys that are normally in the playoff draft just want to mail me their twenty dollars now, <laughs> uh, box three hundred eight, Elkhorn, Manitoba, R O M O N O. Ouch! Shonda's loving that right now, Tyler. Ouch! You're the Leafs, buddy. I got all money on in them. We're going to win for sure. <laughs> Keely. Uh, just a big shout out in general to all of us for being so awesome and having no choice but to just do what was told of us and we didn't complain we just did it so I think that we should all be very proud of ourselves and everyone in Fort LaVos should be very proud of themselves for that good stuff and Deb well this is my lifelong lesson to myself so I'm lecturing myself too we gotta remind ourselves this isn't forever it's really easy to get so bogged down by what we're doing and think that nothing's ever going to change. It's not forever. And like you said, Tyler, what was the percentage of the months that this is actually in Ooh. the kids? Yeah. Like, I, I need that reminder. This is not forever. Don't get overwhelmed. You've survived hard stuff before. You can survive it again. You know, all those ma- mantras that we <laughs> tell ourselves and our children. Good stuff. Right on. See, it was kind of fun, wasn't it? My bait email out said, oh, it'll be kind of fun. But uh, thank you very much to all four of you for uh, participating. Great job. Uh, I enjoyed that. And uh, I thank you very much, especially during your lives of busy times right now. So I appreciate you making some time uh, for this. Uh, Huge thanks to our listeners for tuning in. Uh, I'd just like to close by encouraging all of our listeners to take care of yourself, uh, take care of each other. Uh, so we can continue to teach like a boss. Okay? Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See you later. See you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. Any of the resources or information mentioned in this podcast can be found in this episode's show notes, available at www.flbsd.mv.ca forward slash podcast. Join us next time as real teachers continue to share their journeys and inspire you to teach like a boss.